Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live and wet from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City, Newsstand Studios. Joined as usual with John here in the booth. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot drier than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got uh, Joe Hazen on the panels. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. We look like a little wet pup. Yeah, yeah. I wish wet pups are cute. Got mm, uh, home, yeah. got uh, Nasta- headed up the coast. Got Nastasia in Stanford. How you doing? Okay. Yeah, you enjoying your electrical panel, which is on the fritz? No, I. This has been miserable here. It's disgusting. Yeah. 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 Uh, now going across, but staying in our country, we got uh, Jackie Molecules in L.A. How you doing? I'm good. Back and, in L.A. Yeah. Well, you were there last week, too. Remember? I was there with you. Uh, I guess I was, I, was at a, I was at a wedding in Minneapolis so, oh. this weekend. How, yeah. was, how, was the, uh, how was Minneapolis? I haven't been there since I was a small, small child. That was nice. You know what I did when I was there yeah. when I was a small, small child? We caught a whole bunch of catfish. I was upset when I realized that the people we were staying with don't eat. I mean, I mean catfish, not the best fish, but so we buried them all in the yard as fertilizer, like 20 of them, <laughs> like 20, not like two or three, <laughs> 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like seven. And I was like, oh, fish. And then I was like, we're like, why are we burying them? Doesn't make any sense. To this day, I still don't understand. Like, you know, f- all, you know, 40, whatever, seven years later. But guess what? That's not the important thing. Going up that coast a little bit into the great country of Canada, we have back Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Hey. Hey, yo. Yeah. A return, if not a triumphant return. Yeah, well, anyway, good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, the people who were in L.A. last week, we got a lot to talk about over what happened in the past week. But, you know. John, of course, stuck yeah, here. Amazing. And, oh, man, John, I'm chefing in New York. <laughs> hey, man, your choice. All right, so uh, yeah. yeah. So what, what do you what do you guys got going on? What's what's uh, what's good? Wow, that I much. Mean, I huh? got, what wow. do you got? I, I, I got a lot. I got a lot to talk about. Clint, you got like over a it's month like of pent up stuff here going on. So what do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, just as I was. Crashing and burning. I did a yakitori dinner for some family friends. That was pretty good. Yeah. Did the whole like breakdown. I got four, no, yeah, four breeds of chicken to compare. Okay, what were they? Uh, they were actually Chinese breeds because that's what I could source. Any bantam silkies? Any black chickens? Probably silkies. No. No black chickens. Black chickens. I know, I know. They're tiny. You know what they they do? They taste real good. They're tough. They're tough as nails, but they are delicious. And they look bizarre. They look bizarre. Probably not great for decoratory, though. I don't know. Because if if you're going to do like super fast on the outside, I don't know. I guess it depends on what you're looking for. You know, uh, Harold McGee met this guy in, I guess, Spain, whose name I forget, who's like, I only like really chewy meats. You Americans are the worst. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, clearly, yeah, Japan called... likes likes tender and... meats because look what they do with their with their yeah. stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, mm-hmm. like us. Anyway, go uh, ahead. Yeah, what do you got? And there was like a standard North American nice chicken. Mm-hmm. Well, well, which is it, standard Amer- North American chicken or nice? Because there are people who say you can't be both. I like 
you know, our relatively soft, tender chicken as an item, even though I think it's problematic. I enjoy eating it. Well, again, I got like a nice local producer. Again, they, I got a, on the mainland, shipped frozen. They're like a fancy poultry producer. Mm. So they had their standard chicken, and then they had the other breeds. Mm, yeah, and uh, did, did which chicken reigned supreme? And did you take a bite like out of a bell pepper people. like old school? Are you old school bell pepper biter? What is what do they do in the American Iron Chef? In the original Japanese Iron Chef, when they say whose cuisine reigns supreme, the guy takes a bite out the of a bell pepper. An apple. Chairman, yeah. an apple. So an weak. Apple. Anyone can take a bite out of an apple. Only a lunatic stands up in front of a huge group of people and takes a bite out of a bell pepper. You know what I mean? That was a green one too. Real crazy. Yeah, real nuts. You know, you know what I have to say, for the first 40 years of my life, I was like who the hell wants green peppers, green bell peppers? And in the past, like, 10, 12 years, I've been like, you know what? They got their place. I was like, yeah. like all the way up until, like, maybe my mid-40s, I was like, I was like, if you, uh, like, 100 times out of 100, if you put a red bell pepper on a table and a green bell pepper on a table and said, go, I'm going to take the red, like, 100 times out of 100. But now I understand that there's a, see, I always thought of, like, a green bell pepper as a red bell pepper that wasn't ready yet. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah I'll it's buy like, that. Yeah. It's like, why'd you kill it so young? Wait. Just wait. You know what I mean? I'm different now. I'm a different man. I'm not gonna say a better man. Most people would say worse. Anyway. Oh yeah. That's, that, that's like saying that's like saying green tomatoes have no use. Okay. Well. Okay. When you say green tomatoes, do you mean underripe green tomatoes, or do you mean tomatoes that God meant to be green? Either. Well, they're well, very di- they're the very different one. animals, right? More the first one. So underripe more tomatoes. Yeah. Can I tell you something? That, okay, I'm going to say two things right now. They're going to make everyone think of a terrible person. Have you ever had an other than pickled tomatoes, which aren't as good as pickled cucumbers? Sorry, people. Have you ever had like a fried green tomato or any green tomato preparation where you're like? Oh my God! If I don't have that again, I'll die. No, I mean, I no. made some fermented green tomatoes that were really good. That's pickled. Yeah, the answer is no for me. Yeah, and I like pickled tomatoes, green tomatoes, because you don't have. Did, did I ever talk on the show about the pickled uh, semi-ripe, the reds that I used to do? They turn into like a salsa texture because they get real soft because there's enough sugar in them that they break hard down. But they make a fantastic fermented like pico de gallo. They're great. You know what I mean? You ferment, you lacto ferment them as normal with the onions and the garlic. Then you just drain off the liquid, hack the whole thing up, and it's like, get it? Pickle de gallo? Do you get it? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pickle the, pickle the freaking gallo. And, but it has one benefit. It is delicious. And also, you know how, like, you make extra pico de gallo and you're like, this is going to be fine. And the next day you're like, this is fine. And then you keep eating it even after it starts. Because fermented in your fridge pico de gallo isn't good ferment. It's like nasty. Because it's not lactic. It's like ethanol fermentation. And it just tastes not the best. No, It's not the best. I'll tell you this, though. Careful with the uh, pickle de gallo because it has a huge salt content. Not huge, but big. Bigger than regular pico de gallo. Anyway, so I digress. 
again, so Quinn, whose chicken reigned supreme? Was it the standard chicken or one of the fancies? And if it was one of the fancies, do you well, at least remember that one? I remember the breeds. One was called Loon Kong, L-O-O-N-G, space, K-A-O-N-G. Um, Loon Kong, like, like Loon the bird with yeah. a G and Kong like Donkey Kong. Yes. Okay. Um, we actually had, I remember now, there was only three breeds, but with that one, we had a male and a female bird. Ooh, so what do you, what do you like better in Kong? Did you like the, the Donkey Kong or do you like the, uh, the female Kong? Uh, I don't. You gotta remember, I don't execute these things. So we uh, did keep yeah. some track of what was what. There was definitely preference part to part, but there was no overall winner. Oh, so you did it the way uh, you did it the way that what's his name did when he invented the pressure cooker. Now was that Rumford, mm-hmm. where he did two lambs, and he put the two lambs on opposite sides. Didn't say a damn thing. McGee's, t- I should know it exactly because this is one of the stories McGee tells at the beginning of the Harvard lecture every year. And so I've heard it for like 12 times every year. So you'd think it would sink into my thick skull, but I'm used to, pre- I'm prepping while he's talking, which I maybe looks rude, but I have no way around it. Right. So I'm prepping while he's talking. So anyway, I believe it's Rumford. Uh, someone like that. Some similar baking uh, powder named, uh, you know, person who used to be from the United States, was a traitor Tory and had to escape to uh, England to escape being freaking pilloried here after the war. Someone like that. That happened to Rumford. Yeah, he's a he was a bad American. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so like maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was somebody else. I think it was somebody else now that I think about it. Anyway, whoever in the hell it was, he... Pressure cooked one. It was called a digester, I think. Pressure cooked one and then regular roasted the other one and stuck them on opposite sides of his party den, whatever they call a party den back then, right? <laughs> and just weighed them and then seed which one, saw which one had more eaten. That was the science test, the Quinn style science test. So, for instance, the leg of one was eaten more than the leg of the other, but there was no overall. No, again, we were like, you know, we, we had all. Parted out, so we didn't have like a. We were doing part by part, but I don't remember if everybody got every part of every chicken because mm. we only had like one of each. One chicken of each. Yeah, so you had an N of one too. Yeah, yeah we're going to get into this later because mm-hmm. someone asked a question that this is directly uh, related to. Now, uh, just so I can judge your family, uh, is your family more uh, breast people or more thigh people? Um, again, everyone was down to eat all of it. I mean, if we're mm. having like a standard breakdown chicken, I think we're definitely more side people. My sister-in-law is a chicken breast person. Mm, this is, it's always the sister-in-law. I'm a chicken breast person mm. too. You're a breast person? Yeah. What? Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, I love the thigh and drumstick and everything too. Love It's all great, but yeah, I don't know. It's just something about a nicely cooked chicken breast that, yeah, that's the spot. Wow. Yeah. What about, I mean, what I about like skinless, what about skinless, boneless chicken no, breast? Definitely not. No, 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 no. I like breast for a cutlet. Really? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Like, as someone who likes to bulletproof everything in my life except for my relationships, like, <laughs> th- thighs, right, are 
so much more bulletproof. Yeah, absolutely. Chicken thighs are the yeah. skate wing of the poultry world, right? If the question, if uh, I'm going to a restaurant and I don't trust them, you get the skate. Why? Because you can beat the hell out of a skate and it's still going to be good. I mean, you could hammer a steak. You could take a sledgehammer of heat and go, boom, and that skate's still going to be edible. Same with, same with a thigh. Yeah. Do that to a breast and you toast. Yeah, absolutely. You toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give I, you. I've got, yeah, what, what do you got? What do you got? I've got more news. Oh, yeah. Let me give, let me give John a little prop here. Let me give John a little prop. Okay. If you're actually judging a chicken, the flavor of a chicken, I would guess that a better chicken has more differentiation in the breast because it's more subtle in general. So if you're looking for subtle differences in chicken, maybe. And definitely to see whether or not someone can cook something properly, it's going to be more difficult to cook the breast properly than it is to cook the... Yeah. Uh, I, I just like the taste. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I grew up on. I mean, it is. Chicken breast is the, uh, is the pork tenderloin of the poultry world. Oh, sure. And you like pork yeah. tenderloin. Listen, I mean, I don't love it, but that's like another thing I grew up on, you know? Uh, my, oh, oh, you, go to somebody's, you go to somebody's house, mm-hmm. right? And you're like... I brought this, whatever, side salad. What's the main dish? And they're like, it's the pork tenderloin. And then they pull that like glass thing out of their oven and it's these thin tubes of desiccated meat that come out with like sauce that is evaporated and glued to the bottom of the glass because they didn't even add like extra liquid or fat. And uh, you're like, oh. Great. You're like, I'm so glad I brought this. I'm so glad I brought this Merlot to pair with it. <laughs> Zing. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So what else you got, Quinn? That was that yakitori dinner happened like as I was getting sick. And then really right in the thick of things, um, because it was already booked, my grandma and uncle uh, arrived from Ontario. So yeah. that was yeah. great, but, you know, not great timing. Um, but, you know, it was fun. We cooked, you know, five days a week. I got her a recipe for gnocchi and a certain type of cookie, and I actually snuck scales into a few steps. So I have actual measurements. You mean you made her weigh the crap while she was doing it? Yeah, it was like, you know, my uncle distracted her. Yeah, you know the you know the you know the trick, right? You know the trick next time she comes? The the trick to this is you pre weigh everything, including yeah. the container it's in. And then you just weigh the crap afterwards. I am but sometimes like like she boiled the potatoes at the Airbnb and then like brought them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So she doesn't use them hot, huh? She lets them full cool? I know, I, like, literally every article, like, contemporary article I've read about how to make the best gnocchi, she, I swear she does the exact opposite, and I think hers are better. Mm, all right. Mm. Uh, I've, I've said this on the air before, I am, not the, uh, I am not the Jedi master of gnocchi. I am a spotty gnocchi maker mm-hmm. at best. My good gnocchi is, is good. And my bad gnocchi is meh. It's fine. It's not not inedible, but it's not like 
I used to make it like every week, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just not. I'm just not. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, Parisian yoki? And then John's pro because, of course, he's a francophile. Yep. Weasel. Yeah, I like him. You like him? Again. Again. You're making cream puffs. A, yeah. And you got extra. When does that come up? <laughs> like, you're like, I'm making show pastry. Mm. Mm, I got a whole bunch extra. Get a pot. You know what I mean? Like, how does that come up? Yeah, that, I mean, that's happened to me many times. Why are you making shoe pastry? Shoe pastry is one of those. Here's another thing people can get mad about. People like, if, look, I worked at the French Culinary Institute, all right, for years. And every event, here's the Gougères. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I never have another Gougère in my life, it's fine. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Especially like, here's the Gougère we made four hours ago. You're like, ooh, great. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it ever again. I'm fine. They're good. I don't know. No one's with me. No one's with I'm me. With you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. What are, you, what are your all's thoughts on um, air frying gnocchi? Never tried. But I understand yeah. why. We, like, oh, you mean instead of deep frying? Deep, no, and like of, boiling know, and frying? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> How much butter? I don't, I don't know. Somebody said it to me. He's like, it's delicious. You got to try it. I'm like, I'm not for anything. It's like halfway to a tater tot at that point. Kind of, right? I've had it. It's good. I think they do it at Frenchette downtown. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Some Conte and some Parisian ham in there. It's quite good. How loud is it down there these days? When you're ordering the gnocchi, you're like, I'll have the gnocchi! Like yeah, that, because it's exactly. so loud. <laughs> oh my God. Nastasia, yeah. you remember how loud it was when we were there last time? A long time ago. Yeah. Right? A long time ago. Uh, wait a second. So I'm back to this. You're at a table, right? And someone puts a bowl. You, oh, know, who wow. loves, you know who loves Parisian gnocchi, by the way, is Wiley. Loves to make them, makes the shoe pastry for that, not so that he can hand me a bunch of gougeres first. Right? So, it's kind of a good name, though, shoe pastry. Cabbage pastry? Like little cabbages? Yeah. And that's what it means, right? Yeah. Because it puffs up like a little cabbage? Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's, they're, they're, look, they are fun and a miracle. And they're, it's a cool recipe with the pre-cook and all that. I enjoy, I enjoy the theory of it. I just never need to see it again. So, uh, a bowl of Parisian gnocchi shows up. And then a bowl of, like, honest-to-goodness Italian potato gnocchi show up. You know, not like a, a deep bowl, like a nice shallow like bowl, right? Okay, which one do you pick up? Probably um, Italian. Italian. Yeah. All right, Stas. Italian. Italian. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah, obviously. What do you say? I've never had the Parisian one, so I have no idea. I'd probably pick that one up because I've never had it. Yeah, you'd take two bites and you'd be like, "Give me the Italian." Although I will say, <laughs> I do. I prefer. I, I have made the Parisian style. As a component for a soup, I prefer that. And mm. I'll, I'll make chicken and dumplings with that technique. You don't like a standard, like leaden, like European style dumpling, like chicken and lead, basically. I kind of like. I like dumplings. Well, it's, we it's weird. Back in the day, I watched an episode of Good Eats with Old Brown, yeah. like way way back in the day, and he always said that there were two. Styles of dumplings, the flat, only two. denser, more noodle-like ones, right? And then more of a shoe pastry style. And then now, in contemporary recipes, it just seems like biscuit dough. Well, that's no, no. Like bis rough. Biscuits have always been a valid thing. Just because Alton, I love Alton Brown, but just because Alton Brown didn't say that bi biscuits can I'm be saying, dumplings, I've never, I've never, I've never else said. Seen 
a shoe pastry style dumpling in the context of chicken dumplings. Yeah, yeah. I used to do biscuit dumplings all the time. They're fine. I used to do gross stuff when I was like really young when we had no money. You know, when I, you know what my, one of my standard go-tos was? Get this. So we allowed ourselves one pound of bacon a week. This is right after we graduated. This is when I was deep frying everything in the, in the fry daddy. Anyway, so it was like canned, I can't remember everything. It was like canned beans and like sh- a little bit of shredded cheese and a couple of pieces of flavoring bacon we were allowed and then maybe some like canned tomato stuff. And then just I ma- would make biscuits and cover it all in a skillet and then cook the, cook the biscuits on top of that crap in the skillet until the tops of the biscuits were done. That was one of my standard, like, we have nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing. Right, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's okay. I, mean, I forget whether I put mashed taters into it or all. Anyway, that was what, you know, I found my 1940s cast iron, like, polished pan at the thrift store for, like, $2. And, you know, I still have that pan to this day. You know what I mean? Although I have to say, I use the black steel more now. Like, in general, like, yeah. when I want something that is that style of nonstick, I pick up the black steel. Unless it's going in the oven. Yeah. And then I'm back on my cast iron. And not because of the weight. I don't really give a crap about the weight of the pan. A lot of people are worried about the weight of the pan. Yeah. I'm not worried about the weight of the pan. I don't care. Uh, anyway, so, uh, Jack, you never weighed in on your freaking dumpling preferences, my man. This is because you have no uh, no no yucky preferences. I mean, I've never met a gnocchi I don't like, but I'm going Italian every time. Oh, I can introduce you, my man. I can introduce you to some <laughs> to some gnocchi you don't like. Hey, you know what? You know what? My favorite though, my favorite dumpling style, spetzel, man. I love spetzel. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my Good god, stuff. I like to make spetzel. I like to eat spetzel. When are you having that spetzel party with that big spetzel maker that I, you took from the FCI? I was told by none other than Nastasia Lopez that nobody wants to go to a spetzel party, even though she, I believe, still owns a Dirndl. No one, she said, wants to go to a spetzel party, and like, spe- like spetzel and schnitzel, like. The two, Ooh, yeah. sh- the two shput and schnut. Oh my God! Right, Joe. Joe's thinking about it right now. And like you know, a nice freaking schnitzel. You may have a point about the branding. Maybe we could brand those parties a little better. But what if I, what I mean, what, what no if, one's going to be mad eating those things. Yeah, of course. What's okay, it's? Do you think? Wait, do Americans when they hear spetzel not think? Oh yeah, are we not like a spetzel folk? I don't, I don't think know. so. Your average American probably would be like, I don't know, what's that? Yeah, I think I agree with, you, with Jack. Well, I mean, spetzel sounds better than sperm-shaped dumplings, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, you call them paisley, I guess. Call it like a raindrop dumpling. Oh, my God. And, uh, Instagram genius. Instagram genius. Raindrop dumplings. But they have to be clear and made of agar and have no taste. Oh, God. It's, no, it's I'm all on like, Instagram. Like, have you guys I, tried like, my rainwater dumplings? Gross. Uh, Stas, do you remember, um, had we already quit the hydrocolloid class by the time you came on at the SCI, or we were still teaching the hydrocolloid class? Nope. We were still teaching it together. Oh, my God. Do you remember having to make all of the, we did all of those gels with no flavor just so people could see the texture of it? Yep. Oh, my God. You're like, it's like everyone got, like, if you just want like the worst, this is why when Dax came to me, he was like, well, just people are making these rain cakes or whatever they're called on Instagram. It's just like agar or whatever, no flavor. I was like, that's horrible. I've done it. 
many times. And like the worst is probably unflavored alginate beads. Like an unflavored alginate gel is a ticket to sad town. It's just <laughs> nothing good about it. You know what I mean? Jeez, uh, Louise. All right, what else you got, Quinn? You never told us which. Chi- you, oh, you had uh, no results. You had no results. How did how, how did standard, in your words, do against non-standard? Let's just take it that way. Again, everyone liked everything. Um, so you're saying there's no reason to. Part. You're saying Quinn fuse Quinn <laughs> Quinn says. No one needs to buy a non-standard breed of chicken because pretty much we all like it. Go for the white leghorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was all it was all the 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 ceiling or the floor of quality was very high. But there were some pieces. There were some pieces, especially the fattier pieces, where some people preferred the non-standard breeds. Hmm. I would have thought the the opposite, but interesting. But so, did you do any six week old American standard breeds, or was it all like this by this person who, in other words, with the same husbandry practices, all breeds? You didn't use like I believe this, so. Right. So you didn't. Next time, you need to just throw a supermarket chicken in there. Know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Supermarket chicken. All right. What else? What else you got for me before we go L.A. crazy over here? Since. Uh, I mean, I think it's a major one. After Grandma left, you know, oh, things are wait, so sort of holding better. Also, like, I love that you think that, like, our listeners are so dumb that they're not going to research whatever kind of cookie you're like. It's a specific cookie. Which it's called specific? a pelota. <laughs> it's but, called... I don't, but I don't know if that name is, like... Pelota, like Spanish use. for, like, ball or balloon? I, I guess. Pelota. It's like a, it's like a slightly... Fluffy, mildly orange-flavored cookie. Dry, wet, fried, what? I mean, it's a cookie. You make it and bake it. It's it's relatively dry in the inside. Is it like a completely mouth-drying experience like some Italian cookies are? Like where you're like, water! Or I love those cookies. Joe, go, Joe's I giving me the look. So. But I, I, I crave those cookies, Joe, sometimes. All right? I wouldn't say that. That far. Tadalikus are like, yeah, those are super bone dry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. I, anyway, whatever. So, so, so I'm sure someone's going to research. You remember, Quinn, I, like, was a, um, a sixth grader when I had to leave my mom's wedding to my stepfather early. And all I had was the Boston Italian of the uh, pronunciation from like 35 years ago of what this pastry was. And one of our listeners tracked it down for us. All right. So I'm saying like if you say specific cookie, you're not giving them anything to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Once I test the recipe and confirm my measurements, I'll put it on Patreon. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. So. L.A. Times, L.A. Times, not not the L.A. Times. Time on the show to talk about L.A., I mean. You know, I've never read the L.A. Times. Decent paper, Stas? Yeah. Mm, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So we did last week's show with the Herald McGee. Awesome. Good to have McGee on. And then we went directly, did a big thing at Thunderbolt, uh, at Thunderbolt L.A., which, by the way, those guys, killing it. Doing a great job. Those guys are like coming up with new uses of the Spinzol that like, so get this, you know, uh, who's, oh, we talked about Spinzol too. Pre-sales over. 
Anyway, so we're at Thunderbolt and they had this idea. So like a lot of the times when, when so Hustino is when you blend fruit and liquor and then whether you use a spin saw or not, you spin out the solids to get like the fruit liquor back. And <clears throat> what's nice about it, if you use dried fruits is that it's shelf stable, you know, or semi-dried fruits or a mixture of dry. We did a, oh my God, how good was that peach, Nastasia? So good. So it was like half, not half, but it was like a portion farmer's market peaches, which were kicking. They were like 14 bricks. They were nuts. They were so sweet, juicy, sweet, juicy. And then, uh, and dried peaches, right? And uh, so the advantage is, is that you get some of that sugar kick and extra solids from the dried peach, but you get some of the liquid and the fresh high note flavors out of the fresh peach. And we did it into the uh, Wild Turkey 101 bourbon. It was nuts. It was so good. Like, so good. You know what? It's like, uh, imagine if SoCo was good. No offense, SoCo. I think SoCo was... That is what it was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was like, it was like the SoCo, it's like someone was like, this is a great idea, and we came up with that, and they came up with SoCo, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't drink SoCo anymore. <laughs> like, I had a bad experience when I was a kid with SoCo, and like, I haven't had it since. Like, they still make it, right? Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not good, but... Is it, like, the first choice of children everywhere? Or I get... doubt anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now they have Fireball. Don't you think it was the first choice for kids because, like, it, it's one of those weird things that was in your parents' liquor cabinet that you could kind of sneak out? Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wh who keeps SoCo around? Is the reason everyone had SoCo from their parents' generation... Wasn't Janis Joplin a fan? Oh. Or was that... Oh, oh maybe... But those are also, like, SoCo is probably one of the first ones to have a handle on it, too. Really? I think so. No. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe not. Anyway. There's always one that's left over <laughs> as well. Anyway, this stuff's delicious. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's just sitting yeah, there yeah, in the yeah, back yeah. of a cabinet unused. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so one of the problems with dried fruit hustinos, right, is that um, your yield is usually low because the fruit has a lot of pectin. Like, the worst of this is, like, apricots and stuff like this. So they come, came up with this idea. It's so smart. It's like you don't think of it if you're working. You don't, I didn't think of it, I guess, because we never thought outside of our own procedures, right, until you do. So they were doing a cherry thing, and what they did was tart cherries dried. And what they did was they soaked the cherry. They, they were doing a rum. Hustino. So they soaked, pre-soaked, pre-hydrated the cherries in a white rum, right? Uh, which you don't need to spin anything out of. Because when you do Hustino, like a lot of times, like you soften the wood a little bit and there's all this, you know, there's this kind of synergy between the, the liquid and the fruit because the pectins grab onto some of the wood components, blah, 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 blah. So they, they pre-hydrated the cherries in, uh, in like a very estery stuff that they didn't want to knock the high notes off of. And then they extracted a lot of the high note flavors and the cherries were softer. Then they blended them into the dark rum, did the Hustino on that, and then married the two into the drink. That was a smart idea. Call that the Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Hustino. Don't know who thought of it over there, but great. Anyway, they have a bunch of units going, and while we were there, we uh, I think we we uh, I think we sold some units. We finished the sale. It was a successful pre-sale. Nice. So yeah, pre-sale's over. If you want one now, you have to go on the waiting list. I'll say this: you know what happened yesterday, John? Tell me. They did the engineering build. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the engineering build is done. The, en the engineering build is the one that they do right before pilot to make sure that they have all of the pre-production stuff going. And we may or may not, uh, Quinn. What was the what was the end result of our uh, like apparently was illegal, but we fixed it contest or whatever it's called, whatever we're um, doing. 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna draw that at the end of the week. Well, well, don't we have to wait till we have the unit? Well, then we're gonna pick the winner before we have the unit. Well, all right, whatever. Okay. Well, we're gonna notify them and get their address, and you know. All right. Uh, logistics. <clears throat> I mean, I would like to test it first. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, so we then the next day we did a pop up at at Thunderbolt, L.A., which by the way, we thought it was the hardest bar in the world to find. It's on a street called Temple Street, right, Stas? Which I never knew the name of, but now I'm never going to be able to forget it. And what happened yep. is, so like you know, he's not listening. It's fine. So Harold, so Nastasia, by the way, rents a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. So, like, I don't know if it was a hard rock Rubicon, but it was a very high-level trim of Wrangler, right? It had the snorkel coming out of the top so that we could have driven it underwater. We didn't, at least not while I was wasted there. Wasted opportunity. Wasted opportunity. But do you, know what's, yeah. do you know what's not easy? You know what you shouldn't wear if you're driving in a Jeep is jeans. Because, like, damn, that thing is, like, it's like a 1,000 feet in the air. You basically, you do a pull-up into the Jeep. And every time we that did was a workout. Yeah, Nastasia was like, we look like a-holes. Like, <laughs> like, we look like we can't even get into our own car. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but get this. Nastasia is so hardcore, right? So first of all, like, I don't know what it's called. You have a special name for it that apparently is a secret no one's allowed to know. So we had drinks with Aaron Polsky. And Aaron was, like, talking to Nastasia and was like, why are you so cagey about who you rented it from? I know the person you rented it from. So it's some secret. It's the equivalent of the C&C of here. So... I think like CNC in New York City is where all the movie weasels rent like trucks from and you just walk into a warehouse and they hand you a truck basically. Yep. And if anything wrong happens, they break your legs. You know what I mean? It's like it's cheap. The cars are beat up, but like that's what everyone uses. That's what Nastasia and I drove to Modernist Pantry right, and when we got COVID right at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember that, Stas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, she rents from this and the, the Jeep shows up dirty. So what the guy do, Stas? Gave it to us for free. Yeah. She kept on calling. Boom. Free. Free. For a whole week, gave her a Jeep. And, like, in good shape. So he, he, every time something would go wrong, she would call up. So, like, whoever had done it had off-roaded it, which is what we should have done. Like, we had work to do, so we didn't. So they had put a, a slow leak into the rear tire. And Stasi's like, you should change the tire. I'm like, hell no. Hell no. No. I'm not going <laughs> to change the, this 80 million pound Jeep tire in LA. No. Especially because... The driveway that we were on is like a 45-degree angle in, the, you know, in, the, okay. in Laurel Canyon. You know what I mean? It's not only is it 45 degrees, it's a foot long. It's like the car is like – anyway, it's ridiculous. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I was like, yo, pull into this gas station. We pull in. We got a flat fix. You guys familiar with flat fix? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, it's a can of goop. And you, 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 you make sure that the, the, the whatever, the, the Schrader valve on your tire is low down. And you inject the whole can of goop. But I guess in L.A., people don't work on their own cars much because this flat fix had been around forever and leaked all over my hand. It was like it was like flat fix from like when I was a kid. Anyway, so we inject the whole flat fix in. It gets all over the valve. Totally hoses the valve. You also get to pay for air in L.A. Do you know that? I guess maybe you do here, but... Some places you So do this area. guy... Yeah, everywhere. So, so we need, it, the flat fix, because it leaked, didn't have enough juice to fully inflate the rear tire. So I was like, quick, drive around to coat the inside of the tire with the goop so it seals. And then Nastasia pulled, like hard pulls into another one, and there's a guy bow guarding. I don't realize you're supposed to pay, right? 
So there's a guy bogarting the the brrrr, you know, the uh, compressor, right? And I'm like, what the hell? And Stasi's like, he's getting air. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So the guy finally leaves, and I realized he was bogarting it because he had paid for the air, and he didn't want us to have any of his free air, oh. right? But I was giving him such the stink eye that he drove off in his little LA convertible, and we got just that little bit of air. I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's what put us over the edge for free Jeep. I don't know. Because it, it was just 200 for a while, and then he was like, ah, it's free, whatever. Right, Stas? Yeah. yeah. And we went to Cato. Oh, yeah. Went to Cato Restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin uh, and uh, Han and uh, uh, I forget the other bartender. But, yeah, great uh, great bar program, great, great food. We uh, sat at the bar with McGee, the Molecules. Yeah, it was good. We, you, I had a good meal. You guys have a good meal? Yeah. 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 And, the, the, the N.A. drinks that uh, Han and Austin make are really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they should be on the show soon. I'm just working out details. Okay. I mean, they live in Los Angeles. Are they coming over here or no? I don't know. I'm, I'm investigating. Okay. You're we can, investigating we can whether... type them in from the um, the Molecules Remote Studio. Maybe. Oh, the Molecules Remote Studio. But um, we had to actually um, we had to actually uh, rush our meal at Cato Anastasia. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because Harold McGee. Because Harold McGee had not seen a comedy show in twenty years. Yeah. So instead of going to a comedy <laughs> show, what did we do? <laughs> Uh, what's it called? A suicide? <laughs> well, a trigger award. But yeah, but like uh, we we went to, to we went to a one man show. So Nastasia has a and, a strange and fascination. Is that an accurate way to put it? Looping me into this. Oh, so Jackie Molecules and Nastasia together have no, a strange no, fascination no. with Pauly Shore. Pauly. Sure. So we go to unsubscribe. Okay. So we go to this place that I swear to God is named Flappies. Flappies. Flappers. Flappers. All right. Because <laughs> that's so much. Okay. And like we're like, I was like, what is a what is a Flappy Nacho? And they're like, the name of the place is Flappies or whatever. I was like, oh geez, Louise. So we go to Flap Flap Jacks or whatever in the hell it's called, and Paulie Shore does a show that is. It, where at the end, he's like, it's, it was the most depressing show that I had seen in a long time. What about you, Nastasia? We felt, we felt real bad for him. We felt real bad for him. At the end, he's like... Stas, you're underselling this. Stas yeah. has not been able to think about anything other than the sadness <laughs> of middle-aged Polly Shore since that night. Yeah, yeah. No, we're like... <laughs> Pretty much consumed her all day. And all day. Yes, no, the next day, the next day we're doing a pop-up at Thunderbolt and we're like pouring these drinks. Nastasia's mom came, her friend Pat came, Molecules was there, Harold McGee was there. We all had those amazing trucker hats on, which we, we're going to sell. We have a couple more we can sell. By the way, Nastasia pulls like a rabbit out of a poop pile and like gets these like like ch- the cheapest, the cheapest trucker hats and they're freaking awesome somehow. I don't really get it. They're like creamsicle colored and they say Booker and Dax like spins all 2.0 in the standard like cheap bubble font and somehow they kick butt. You're always selling Nastasia yep. short, Dave. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it yep. is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, get this. So... These hats, 
right? I won't say what they cost us because that would just be obscene, right? Uh, she's there. And so what she does is she makes a sign that says, App- free with Applehead, <laughs> right? Free with Applehead or $97 a piece. Okay. And this is her genius, right? Right. Because what happens is if someone's like $97, she's like, I'll give it to you for 40 Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Excuse me, that was me cutting oh, under the table deal. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, Jack. We we good cop, bad cop that situation. Oh, all right. I was like, ooh, Stas wants to charge you 97, but we could do it for 40. Uh, I didn't realize. Well, I and appreciate then we did, you. We did have a loyal fan that, we had a loyal fan that insisted on paying full price for two. To shout, shout out to her. I oh, don't remember man. her name, but Dang. that was very kind. Dang. And then we signed him. I'm like, well, I, like I don't really get it. I'll sign it if you want. You know what? You you know what's very hard to do? Not get a sharpie to bleed on a cheap trucker hat when you're signing the underbill. Is that what you call it? The underbill? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I kept the plastic in for the crunch effect. Wore it all night. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, rousing success. So everyone, every I want everyone who can hear this who texted me and said, "No one's gonna bring an Applehead doll. No one's gonna bring any Applehead dolls." And what happens, does? We got some amazing Applehead dolls. Like crazy good Applehead dolls. Like, uh, and uh, you know what? We got to put them on. Let, let's get it together and we'll put, we'll do a real one on Instagram because they were just on stories. Like that needs to be a post. First of all, I think it was I Dig Farmers. There's a picture where I think it's, I think it's him holding the two Applehead. What, what I thought was interesting also is the speed Applehead. So we had one that was only dehydrated for like a day. And so it was kind of soft and squidgy, but it had the look of an apple head on the outside. A picture of him holding these apple heads, he looks like a Renaissance painting of like a cherub. Of like, he looks like an angel from heaven holding apple heads. It is a crazy picture. And then uh, we had, okay, the first, literally we opened the door and in comes, oh, I wish I remember their handles. Anyway, like, uh, uh, we'll get it. We'll get you. We'll call you out. We'll, we'll talk about it again. A hula doll with a battery. Oh. They had ripped, ripped the head off of the hula doll and the wig and then jammed the apple head on and then put the thing on. So it's dancing. And then they had like, uh, I don't remember the name. It's like a, a regular doll doll, like with the like regular doll hair. They ripped the head off of that and then shoved the doll eyes into the apple head. And that, that scared everyone in the bar. It was amazing. And then they had a tiny Applehead doll with like a crab Applehead who looked like like Weekend at Bernie's in a chair, like a dead Weekend at Bernie's in a chair, holding an airline bottle of Fernet. Amazing. Then later on in the evening, uh, a guy I know, Ron Birnbaum, who I went to college with, being up at any, I saw him last at the reunion, shows up, get this, he was walking by the L.A. River, right, which, as you know, is a culvert, right? Walking by, and Nastasia won't go into it because it's illegal. She's like, Dave, do you, you want to get arrested before you go by going into the L.A.? I'm like, yeah, kind of, kind of, you know what I mean? And her dad, who, like, used to work for uh, AT&T as a lineman, he's retired now, I was like, yeah, you used to be able to go down there, but you can't. I was like, can't you get me down? Can't you, like, with your, like, you know, utilities connections get me down? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, here's a drink. Anyway, so, like, uh, was that fairly accurate, Nastasi, or no? Yeah. yeah. You forgot to give him crap getting the uh, pinky ring. So that's well, 
okay, 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 let me, okay, we'll finish the Applehead in a minute. Nastasia goes, don't yell at me and don't say anything weird when my parents are here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm going to bother him about, he was either, when you retired, okay, Stas, tell him the choices. It's your dad. You tell him what the choices are and see what these guys think. Bike or, or a generator no. or a pinky ring. Oh, yeah. Wait, what's the question? <laughs> hey, you're going to get one of these three objects. Okay. In, in thanks for your service for a billion years to AT&T. Okay? okay? All right. So give me the choices. Bike, pinky ring, generator. <laughs> There's one call. Easy call. Easy call. <laughs> what is it? Guess it's going to be the pinky ring. Pinky ring. Pinky, pinky ring. ring. Pinky ring. ring. Easy. Pinky uh, ring. <laughs> Obviously, you get the pinky ring. Obviously. Not even, I didn't have to think of it for two seconds. <laughs> Are you joking? One call, Stas. Pinky ring. And uh, the, the family just... convinces him to get the bike. Uh, Would have gone for the bike, too. What? <laughs> Boo. Don't you already have a bike? No. You also don't have a pinky ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pinky rings they call. Because like, like, you gotta look at the, like, who even knows? First of all, choose your own bike. Don't let AT&T choose your bike for you. Right. You know? Yeah. Bike is so personal, right? But it's like, here's my AT&T pinky ring. People are like, oh my God, you're wearing a pinky ring now? You're like, hey, it's my retirement <laughs> pinky ring. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, so cool. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. That bike's going to get rid one time. First of all, it's L.A., right? So you're like, where's the motor on this bike? And then that's it. It's over. You know what I mean? Jeez, <laughs> uh, bad call, bad call, bad call by all. But uh, so anyway, so he's uh, Ron's down by the L.A. River. Apparently, there's a coffee shop by parts of the L.A. River right where the culvert is. I don't really understand how that happens. I mean, I've only ever seen it in the movies with high-speed car chases. I've never actually seen it in the real life. But um, he sees a rat like a live rat chewing on an apple. And, you know, he, uh, he, uh, you know, does the, does the shoe kick. You know, we won't talk. I got in trouble for talking, you know, Nastasia and I got in trouble for talking too much about kicking rats away from restaurant establishments in the past. So I won't bring it up again. Right. I don't think he was wearing wingtips just to bring it up a little bit. But anyway, so he shoes the rat away and he picks up the apple head and the rat had chewed two perfect eye holes for the apple head. So it was a fresh apple head. And then he made a body out of it and like potato feet. So it's the only fresh apple head doll we had, but it was also carved by a rat at the LA river. So I thought the apple heads were a huge success in my opinion. Yeah. Now they're hiding in the bushes around our Airbnb that we rented. I thought your mom took them. Hell no. Mm. All right. Wow. My girlfriend wanted them. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> They're night. They're nightmare fuel in the best way possible. They're truly yeah. terrifying creations. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, uh, I'm getting to sleep too easily. I need some Freddy Krueger to keep me awake. Here you go. Oh, and that's it. I feel like between Polly Shore trauma and the Appleheads that night, it was like a lot of. It's a lot. Like, yeah. Nah. Nah. Yeah. Polly Shore being like. Don't worry about me. I've got nobody and nothing. I go home alone at night. It's fine. That's how he ended his show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That was pretty much the last act. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He's like, my parents Very didn't love me. Me. <laughs> my parents didn't love me. My parents didn't love me. 
you know, I had bad role models. The best thing that ever happened in my life was that I used to go to the Playboy Mansion a lot and like hook up with centerfolds. My ex-girlfriend turned out to be a Heidi Fleiss, uh, you know, call girl. And yeah, that all imploded, but I'm fine. It's all good. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Order two items of flappies. Goodbye. Good night. You know what I mean? That, and there uh, were pretty much like 20 of us. Well, like 25, I think, total in yeah. the entire venue. And, you know, there were like eight of us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was dark. Yeah. yeah. McGee, McGee goes, I've never been to a comedy show before. And we were all like, you still haven't. You still haven't. <laughs> Halfway through the show, Holly Shore goes, Holly Shore goes, this is the whole show, people. This is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, anyway. Yeah, get on board. Get on board because <laughs> this ain't changing. It's staying like this the whole time. And, the, and like this guy named Dave. So it was all like projections. It was like imagine you showed like the slideshow of your vacation. But instead of that, it's your whole life. All right. Like this is your life situation with music. He's like the music's supposed to get louder there, Dave. <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> and he would break into like the, the weasel character every once in a while. And we're like, we, we didn't see that. We don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch those shows. Did, yeah. did anyone yeah. watch those shows? Uh, I've never even seen Biodome. I've never seen Biodome. I've never seen Biodome. Why would I? I'm why would you go see him live now? If you didn't see Biodome before, why would you go see him live this now? This wasn't my idea. Why? I, I, I'm not a co-conspirator. You here. brought me, you made me go to the first Polly Shore. Oh, oh, oh. That, yeah, man, yeah, say, wait a man minute, say, wait a minute. This is the third, sh this is the third, I believe, Polly Shore show that Nastasia Lopez and Jack Malik, Jackie Malik no, 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 have no, no, gone no, no. to I've in the past this, year. This is the second show. No, 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 Dave. Third. Second. You, and <laughs> we, went to the, we went to the comedy show. Uh, the comedy store, he was one of like 12 comedians we uh -huh. saw that night. It mm. was 10 minutes of Pauly Shore. Uh -huh. Nastasia and Jordana went to a Pauly Shore concert yeah, yeah, yeah. or show where right. it was just him. I did not go to that. Okay. You're going to clear my name here. You're, you know? you're, pa you're painted with the same same brush, Merlot, man. Anyway. I know. I see this. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, so if you're in the L.A. Uh, area, which I'm actually going to have to go back to pretty soon. Oh, get this. Speaking of L.A., yeah, I'm going to I have to go back. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm in and out. I'm doing something for uh, Bar Smarts. I don't know where yet or what's going on. Um, get this. Oh, I lost. I forgot what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Huh? I guess it wasn't. <laughs> Dude, here's the thing. Just here's a lie that your parents tell you. If you forgot it, it wasn't important. Wrong. Not correct. Uh, anyway, Dave, we have seven hats. We have seven hats left. If you want a spinball hat. Email me. We're going to put the picture of it up on the freaking, on the what's it called? We're going to do a post, right? Also, sincere honesty, everyone who ordered a Spins All 2, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We appreciate you putting your trust in us. We're getting those things built. They're going to be good. Um, all right. Hey, what's up, caller? You're on the air. Hi, how's it going? Going, going well. How's it going? Glad to hear it. Yeah. Hey, uh... I uh, can't complain. Yeah. Uh, here in the Midwest, uh, the weather has turned. We are now into shorts and hoodie season, which is kind of a, a magical couple of days that we get before things get really real with the Midwestern winters and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I had a, had a meat glue question for you guys. I, I, I might have an answer uh, since I've glued so many meats together in my life. No joke. Yeah, you were just talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, ah, I wish I had had time to call in that time. So... 
Um, I have some boneless, uh, some lamb shoulder that uh, I took the bone out of, so it's kind of flappy. Mm. Um, I would like to glue it down into one nice cohesive piece because I'm going to cook it uh, sous vide and then cut it into steaks and then like kind of brown it off and and, uh, uh, serve it to like a big farm to table dinner thing I got coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, So my question is, what is the uh, meat gluing, cooking, cooling, then reheating procedure? Uh, Because if I remember right, it's been a long time since I've uh, been around anything that's been meat glued, but I, I feel like if I remember right, if you like take it straight from the water bath to an ice bath, it like busts the bond or something like that. No, 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 no. Sure. no, 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 it's good. So like <laughs> the thing with, uh, the thing with the meat glue, uh, first of all, uh, you need to put some porta potties at the event and have it be farmed a toilet. The plate is not the end. <laughs> it's not the end. It's the circle Heard of that. poop. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes. uh, yeah. like if you're bonding, uh, raw meat, Right. You want to like s- sprinkle it in. It, it, you, 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 the best way to bond is actually not a heat bond. It's, it's a time bond. Right. So you, you put it in right. and the, it, you have a vac machine. So I would glue it all together and then vac it down. And then vac uh, it, that's, that, that was the plan. Glue it together, vac it really hard for a day and then yeah. cook it the following yeah, day. You're done. You're good. You don't need to worry about it. So the bond oh, strength. Well, I have to hear it. Yeah. The bond strength is going to be. I would say it depends on how much you get in there and which meat glue you're using. Are you using the one that Modernist Pantry sells, Moo Glue? Yeah, one of them. I don't remember if it's TM or RM, but I got the Moo Glue. Yeah, I thought it was. It's not RS anyway. So like, look at what it is. Like most of it has like the casein binder in it, right? Uh, yeah. The, there's either the the two most common ones are the gelatin binder and the casein binder. Uh, and I, I'm pretty I, sure I got the casein one. Yeah, RM. Yeah, RM. That's RM, right? Yeah. It's been a long time since I remember the yeah. acronyms, but like, so the that's the one I have the most experience with. The the gelatin binder, which what was that GB, right? The gelatin binder one is good. It's really good. Uh, you know, and it also doesn't have casein. So it's, you know, useful if people don't want to have the casein, but the, the, uh, the issue with it is it's very high tack. So it's not as uh, repositionable as the RM is, right? So you sprinkle it in there and don't go, I mean, get enough into all the parts. Don't go ape, 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 ape crap with it. If you do go ape crap with it, I recommend cutting it out of the bag and putting it into a new bag before you cook it. If you're going to sous vide it. If you go ape crap. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and uh, you should be fine. The strength should be, like, on the same order as, like, intermuscular, like, when you're ripping the flap off of a, off of a ribeye or something. Fantastic. Yeah. Good Good to know. I appreciate it. Yeah. Four hours. At least four hours. And then you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on doing it overnight at the very least. Yeah, so. you're, you're winning. You're winning. Even, the, even fat cap stuff should glue back on. There's enough connective tissue in it. That bond won't be as strong, but it'll work. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to trying to minimize uh, how crazy I go with the fat cap. I mean, I did get a, I did get basically a lamb and a half, and I'm going to do uh, sort of a porchetta porchetta esque sort of situation with the loin and belly, uh-huh. and then I got all the leg one seamed out, and then the shoulder. Like I said, it's just kind of flappy, kind of the way that a bone the shoulder looks when you take the bone out of it. So, mm-hmm. just wanted to get it back into one nice piece so I can cut beautiful portions of it. On the porchetta, you're going to glue, go. you're going to glue the skin around it. You're going to glue it. Uh, well, it's not an actual porchetta. It's a porchetta shape, porchetta loid. Oh. Uh, mm. the, just the, lo- the, the loin of the, of the lamb connected to the belly of it. And then I'm just going to roll it up. The skin and, on? And, uh, 
Uh, this one didn't have the skin when it came to the butcher shop, mm. so no skin on this one. I want someone Although to try the Danish-style pork, or it could be lamb, on a porchetta and tell me whether it works or not. I'm assuming it's going to work. I just I just saw a clip on Instagram where somebody just took, like, a pork loin, and they butterflied it, stuffed it, and then rolled it, and then separately boiled pork belly and wrapped it, torsioned it super nice and tight, and then cooked it sous vide, and then dropped the whole thing in the fryer. And uh, it looked pretty, pretty crunchy, crispy, crunchy, sexy, tasty, yum yum time. Mm. All right. Well, you know, maybe if we invite them anyway. over to our house, we can try and see whether it was good. Know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Speaking of skin, I, I, I have you ever? Uh, this is a trick that I saw that kind of blew my mind. That makes perfect sense, and I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there because if you haven't heard of it, then hey, maybe you learned something. Um, it was a guy from an English restaurant, and they would make, they would cook ham hocks cook them overnight, they would peel the skin off of them, and then they would puree the skin with some of the juice, uh, the braising liquid, and then they picked the ham hocks, and they made this ham hock terrine that was bound entirely with just, like, the skin pu- skin puree. I've never done that, and but that's, that, that's what I do with, I mean, that's how I make, that's my st- my standard thing for my pork chili, is I, sure. I cook the skins off with it, then remove the skins and blend it into the sauce. And it's, it's hard as a I rock it. when it when 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 it, when it sets up it sets up ping pong ball nice oh, you know yeah. what I mean Hock, yeah hockey puck yeah, and it's like for sure. <laughs> it. but it's not so like you, know, you, ever, you ever have someone when they uh, when they they're like oh I've reduced this so much and you're like it's too much like when the gelatin starts setting in your mouth like when you're like yeah when you're, when you're, yeah it's too much but yeah you just want to that's, that's a delicate that's a that's a delicate balance to strike with like the demi, the heavily reduced pork sauces and stuff. It's like, how do you, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a delicate balance. I, I honestly mostly use, uh, some sort of like starch to thicken, to finish sauces just because I think the mouthfeel for me is a little bit, and it's a little bit more user-friendly too, especially when you're doing a five course dinner for 150 people. Uh, you want to have a little bit of flexibility yeah. with your textures and stuff. Especially so, if you go pre-gelatinized. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. Let cool. us know how it goes. Hit us up on the, uh, on the uh, social. Let us know you. how it goes. Oh, and speaking of social, uh, I was told by somebody that if you like this program, you should uh, rate us on uh, your, the platform of your choice, preferably with a large number of stars because it helps us bring you more content and, uh, you know, helps get our reach out there to people. I'm told I should say that in every episode. And, and you know how follow many t- at Cooking Issues and at Booker and Dex. Yeah. And you know how many times I've said that? Zero. Zero. All right. Ben S says, what are your thoughts on this mini vacuum? <laughs> distiller setup has anyone seen or used one before from uzmlab.com it's in uh japanese but it's also not a vacuum still ben that is just a stovetop still that they added a thump or two to try to get uh, a higher alcohol out of it uh so not a vacuum still unless there's something else so send me that alex godin says uh, does dave have any opinions on the kegco.com soda carbonated water single tap mini kegerator so what that this what this is is a mini keg inside of a fridge with a tap on it it's going to work okay, I guess, depending on how well you carbonate the water in, but it doesn't automatically fill. I had an idea, which I don't have time to talk about today, but if someone asked me for it, I had an idea to actually make a system that works with a kegerator in this, like, that's not too complicated. But someone has to someone has to ask me to talk about it. Cheaper, a little bit of a kludge, but, you know, my whole life is kludge. That's what we should have called this, kludges, kitchen kludges. Uh, I literally had to write a program for the Museum of Food and Drink because I'm building these little flavor pumps and, and my program sucks. And so like one of the variables I put in is literally called int kludge because it's just something I had to add to the program to get it to work because my programming skills suck. Alexander said, 
Question for Dave Andrew Harold. Water aging a beef, what does it actually do? And how does it work? So this is a technique. Ready? You take a vacuum bag and you throw it into an aquarium and the water is temperature controlled and you're bubbling it and you hold it in there like you were holding it in the fridge. Does it make any sense to you? Why don't you just hold it in the fridge? Exactly. So uh, Google, Google Eats, you know, who has 8 billion zillion followers, did it and said there was a, a difference. And Alexander, like, doesn't really understand why the difference is. Now, I looked at what they were doing. And here's a problem. Quinn was talking earlier about how they had an N of one, one chicken. He had an N of one. He did one experiment, right? So you would need to do like 20, 30 experiments to see whether his result, because he had a difference. The Googie Eats guy for like 20 days had one in an aquarium in a fridge that he didn't open with a bubbler and then one in the fridge and then one, I think, dry aged. And the one, when he pulled it out, it was clearly there was more met myoglobin on the one that had been, like it was gray, the one that had been in the aquarium. And he said it tasted sour. So it had some slight lactic stuff going on. So what I'm going to say is, is that a lot of this has to do with one, that could just happen because there's lactobacillus in the bag. Two, I don't know what the oxygen permeability of his bags uh, are. So, uh, you know, if he has, some bags are more oxygen permeable than others, but the one that's in the water, even with a bubbler, is going to have less oxygen. And that's probably where the met myoglobin happened. And maybe what was uh, able to cause, like, even at those low temperatures, some lactobacillus growing over that long period of time. So that's what I think is going on. I think you need more ends and we need to know more about the bags he was using. Uh, I love rye bread. Just bought some Moviel 1830 cook pots and was made of three layers of aluminum sandwich between two layers of stainless. And you know, the reason for that is to spread it out more, right? So it doesn't go straight through. So it makes fewer hot spots because it has to go through the slow stainless thin layer of it before it gets to the next fast aluminum. Anyway, it says that he should not be using it on induction at any more than two thirds power because it's going to ruin the pots. And uh, the question is, is that fine when you're boiling water? They also have the old school stuff about not putting salt into the water until it's fully boiling. Remember that? Because they're worried that like salt would pit the, uh, yeah, I don't ever follow that instruction. I'll throw salt right in my pan, man. Don't tell me what to do with my pan. It's my pan now. Listen, what they're worried about is that uh, if you put it on full power, that you're going to boil it dry and destroy the pan. That's what they're worried about. So if you're not going to boil it dry and destroy the pan, when there's a lot of water in it, you can crank that sucker. But, you know, I'm not going to pay for your pan if it gets messed up. All right. Going to come back next week. Uh, actually, am I here next week or am I in Berlin next week? Quinn, is it the week after that I'm in Berlin? No, I lost him. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Cooking issues. 